caregiving is one of the hardest and most humbling experiences for a spouse or child. It's an experience full of emotionally draining challenges. Join me, Wanda Purcell, on my podcast, The Accidental Care Partners, as I bring you information and tips for caregiving from other family care partners and helping professionals. Please join me for the next 20 or so minutes. You'll be glad you did. Hey there. I'm so glad you've decided to join the Accidental Care Partners podcast today. I'm your host, Wanda Brady Purcell, and today I'm going to tell you a little of my family story and how this podcast got its name. I'm going to include some specific details that have bearing on the focus of this podcast. You see, when my mom was suddenly diagnosed with a life-limiting illness, my three sisters and I were all living our own lives. We were working, enjoying our children, our grandchildren. Life was generally rolling along. Mom had been diagnosed with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, otherwise known as COPD, in her early 50s. And that's a chronic disease that can linger for years, and she was now in her 70s. And it was her habit to see her pulmonologist at least twice a year, and almost without exception, she would spend a week in the hospital each spring. That was a tough season for her. But generally speaking, her COPD had been well managed for the last couple of years. And as those of you who are caring for people with COPD know, we understand that each time she got an upper respiratory infection, there would be damage, but she would probably recover to some extent, but most likely she would never regain the previous level of functioning. With chronic illnesses like COPD, Patients and their families get lulled into a false sense that everything is going to work out until it doesn't. Your story may be similar to ours, and I do believe stories like this play out every day. So here's what happened to us. It was two days after Christmas. Um, the year was 2016. And my mother was shopping with two of my sisters when she began having difficulty. Um, she couldn't move her right leg, and this was totally out of the ordinary. My sisters noticed Mom struggling to get in and out of the car, but in her typical way, she just brushed them off and kept going. She said her leg just wouldn't do what she told it to. Then, when she was in the bathroom, she had to call one of my sisters in to help button the front of her jeans. Oh, now this is troubling, because now it was evident that something was going on with her right hand. So my sisters insisted against my mother's objections that they go to the emergency room to get her checked out. They suspected a light stroke because the weakness was on the same side of her body in her right hand and right leg. So they drove mom to the emergency room with dad in the back seat. And he was confused and protesting because he didn't understand why they were going to the hospital. They called our older sister and filled her in on all the, the activities of the day, and she decided to meet them at the hospital. Well, I live four hours away in a neighboring state, and I was oblivious. I didn't know what was going on until my phone rang while I was sitting in the movie theater. 
Um, and it was my sister and I knew something was wrong because that particular sister never calls me. Oh, you may have a sister like that, or you may be that sister, but you know what I'm talking about. When a call comes from that one, you know, it's likely not going to be good news. So I stepped out of the theater to answer the phone and her voice quavered and my heart dropped. She gave me the rundown and told me where they were. And she said it didn't look good and that the emergency room doctor was going to do an MRI to see if mom had really experienced a stroke. And then she told me I needed to come. So, of course, I went back into the theater to get my husband. And as we walked to the car, we started making plans. And you know how it is. You're not at home. You've got things you've got to do to take care of things because you don't know how long it's going to be before you get back home. We have a dog, so we had to find a place to park the dog until we could figure out what was happening with my mom. And naturally, our home was not going in the direction of my mom, but in fact, the opposite direction. So we were really trying to make the time work in our favor rather than against us because we had to get home, get packed, get the dog, and turn around and cover the tracks Um back to the starting point. So as we did that, the calls kept coming. And by the time we got home, we knew that mom had two, at least two lesions on her brain. So we also knew that the ER doctor was sending her to the major medical center that was an hour farther away from us. Um, So as all of you know, when you've experienced times of high stress, the faster you try to move, the slower you seem to go. Well, another call came in just as we were crossing the state line into Alabama. Mom had been transported to the University Medical Center and was now listed in critical condition. My sisters told me to hurry. We were hurrying, but it felt like we would never get there. But we got lucky when we pulled into the parking garage and we found a parking place right beside the door. Now, granted, it was 1130 at night, but we still found a parking place close to the door. So we got directions to the neurology unit um, at the information desk and we took off. When I walked into her room, they were getting her ready for another MRI. She was sedated, but she told me she had been waiting for me. I kissed her forehead and told her I loved her, and they wheeled her away. While she was gone, my sisters got me caught up on all the tests and the preliminary findings, and by this time, it was closing in on midnight. My dad had not eaten all day, and he was really confused, and I think I forgot to mention that he was actually in the early stages of Alzheimer's at the time. So being out of his normal routine in a hospital setting so late at night, had him really confused, and he couldn't quite grasp what was happening. We tried to get him to eat, but he was not interested in that. So we all settled in to wait. Thankfully, our wait was short before Mom was returned to the room. But the news was getting worse. Every time we got a report, it seemed she had more lesions on her brain. Now, we didn't really know what that meant, lesions on the brain. But we did find out there were too many family members, um, you know, three sisters, husbands, my dad, my mom, all of the stuff she had to have 
We couldn't all fit into her room. So I found myself pacing between the waiting room and her room. And she was still very sedated and was having a difficult time waking up. And it was about this time that I learned an important truth. You cannot unknow something that you know. This is really a paraphrase from Eliana Fonzant, who said, We cannot unsee what we have seen. We cannot unhear what we have heard. What we can do is stop wishing what happened had not happened. So I realized that in addition to wearing my daughter hat, I was also wearing my sister hat, and I was also wearing my social worker hat. I couldn't simply choose what hat to wear because I couldn't not wear any one of them. I could not unlearn all the years of education and work experience and ease my mind that all was going to be fine because I knew better. And maybe you've had a similar experience where your head was trying to process something that your heart couldn't accept. I knew in my head that nothing was going to heal this, even as I was praying from the depths of my heart that she would be healed. And I still get a little emotional when I tell about it. Sometime around 3 a.m., we were asked about a living will or advanced directives. The situation was truly grave. Mom was not waking up or responding in any way. We were worried that she might not make it through the night. So we began to make a list of everything we would need, including the health care power of attorney, the advanced directives, someone to take Daddy home and stay with him, and someone to stay at the hospital with Mom. We were all working women, and we also had to make arrangements with our employers as we tried to put together a plan that could work for everybody. Miraculously, Mom did make it through that night. Then we heard the diagnosis for the first time. What had been referred to as lesions on her brain was really metastatic brain cancer. And when you hear that for the first time, it is mind-numbingly scary. It means the primary cancer was somewhere else in her body and had spread to her brain. The lesions or tumors in her brain were inoperable. So, as fate would have it, we rang in the new year of 2017 in the hospital room with my mom. My sisters and I devised a plan that paired us in teams so that we could rotate staying with mom, staying with dad and the dog, and going to work. It was exhausting. It was exhausting due to the distance between their home and the hospital. It was exhausting due to the complexity of the family needs. It was exhausting continually explaining to my dad where mom was and why. And it was exhausting trying to process all the information and our own emotions. And it was in this very exhausting process of taking care of business to make sure mom and dad both got what they needed that my sisters and I became accidental care partners. And it seems that most often caregivers enter the world through happenstance. That's why I came to name this podcast The Accidental Care Partners because we just sort of stumbled into it. You know, your situation may be totally different from ours, but I think you may find there are similar issues and emotions in either case. There are common themes that go along with being a family caregiver, no matter the diagnosis. Providing care is hard work that will test you. 
It is emotionally, mentally, and physically draining. If you have fallen into the role of care partner, or you know of someone in that role, the podcast is here to help you understand the information and process all the emotions that are sure to come. So here are a few issues we'll be discussing during the upcoming episodes. We're going to talk about the shock and the grief at the time of a new diagnosis and how to identify what you're really feeling. And we'll have an episode about a series of difficult conversations that may be relevant to you. We'll discuss tips for caring for people with chronic, terminal, or dementia diagnoses. And we'll discuss end-of-life issues and how to pre-plan for some of the larger things. And we'll have helpful suggestions for managing your stress as the caregiver and ways to cope that will help you fulfill your caregiving duties as best you can. So I hope you'll join me next week when we'll talk about the shock and grief that comes on the heels of a devastating diagnosis. That's all I have for today. You can find more information on our website, which is theaccidentalcarepartners.com. And you can also find information from us on our Facebook page, which is also titled Accidental Care Partners. Um, Check both places for updates and maybe information on future support groups. Um, If there's enough interest, then we'll try to make that happen. Also, please help us connect with other caregivers who need the information we have to provide. And you can do that by liking, sharing, and subscribing um, in the buttons below. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Um, Show notes and tip sheets will be posted on the AccidentalCarePartners.com website, and you can also leave comments there. Another way to reach me would be through email to carepartnerspodcast2020 at gmail.com. I will respond to you as soon as I can, and I will use your feedback to produce future episodes. So I really want to hear from you. So until next time, always remember, I know that caregiving is very difficult. So be kind to yourself. Thanks for listening.